What time is it? What time is it? There's no time like island time. Nobody is ahead, nobody's behind. Everything's fine on island time. And you'll be living on island time. To really embrace is the through my mind. We're saying. Thank you, John Puckett. I feel like Johnny Carson or something. How's it going, everybody? DK on duty. We have a very special edition of Island Time tonight. This is, by the way, the longest-running trap rock radio show on the air. And we have in the studio, from the campus of Baldwin Wallace University on the North Coast, our special guest, one of our special guests tonight, Johnny Ray Miller is back. Johnny, welcome back. Hey, so glad to be here. Mr. Partridge Family Authority. (laughs) He has written the book called... When we're singing, and we're going to talk about your book, and we've got a special guest coming up. Oh, that's fantastic. It was the 50th anniversary of the Parts Family. We do the show with you once a year. We had to make an exception this time because it's the 50th anniversary. How often is the yeah, 50th anniversary I know, up? I know. So what we're going to do tonight, we're going to still do Island Time, but we're going to have these uh, special segments throughout the night where we do a little salute to... Uh, America's family, or whatever, however we want to... America's family and uh, the number one teen idol of all time. Number one teen idol? It's what got me... Cassidy. Johnny, it's what got me into music back in the day. Yeah, uh, me too. It never stopped after that. We're going to start things off right now, though. This is a uh, request we had for a longtime listener, Polly Polly Ann. She's out in California way. And this is a California band. They're called Uncle Monkey, The Sun, The Sand... And the sea. We'll tell you about our very special guest here in just a couple of minutes on a special edition tonight of the Island Time Radio Show. Weekend. 
again to get away from all the worries, all the hassles and hurries. Gotta leave them all behind you. You need something to remind you that you're free. So come with me down to the sun, the sand, and the sea. Summer sun is glowing, ocean breeze is blowing, inward waves are breaking, sandy beaches waiting. In your fair feet To the rhythm of your heartbeat Such a beautiful feeling You say you must be dreaming Can't you see It's no mystery It's just the sun The sand and the sea Get knocked down It's all about finding your feet again Forget about getting your breath knocked down Just gotta go and find your second wind But lately I've been taking life's lefts and rights on the chin So I'm staying down, 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 down No, I ain't going back up Staying down, 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 down Nothing don't matter that much You know sometimes, yeah, it's alright Life kicks you around Staying down on the beach Down on the waves Windows down, down That a one Staying down, 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 down Yeah, I'm staying down Won't you tell me 
Digging it back in an old beach chair I got a straw sticking out of a coconut Pretty girl at the bar with the long dark hair Got me thinking that I might try my luck Palm trees swaying, party lights swinging Sunset making it easy Staying down, 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 down No, I ain't going back up Staying down, 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 down Nothing don't matter that much You know sometimes it's alright When life keeps you around Staying down on the beach Down on the waves Windows down, down at A1A Down in the sun Down in the sand Just down in this cold drink that's in my hand Staying down This life is what you make it In this type of situation Needs a brand new destination A little change in elevation Staying down, 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 down Staying down, 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 down Yeah, you know sometimes it's alright When life kicks you around Staying down on the beach, down on the way Windows down, down, that ain't one ain't Down in the sun, down in the sand Just down in this cold drink that's in my hand Staying down, 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 down Yeah, staying down, 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 down Yeah, I'm staying down All right, that is Aaron Schurz from his latest album, which is called Ocean Road, and that is Staying Down. We have the sun, the sand, and the sea from California's Uncle Monkey starting things off tonight on the Island Time Radio Show. We got Johnny Ray Miller in the house. Johnny, how you doing over there? Hey, pretty good, trying to stay dry. It's raining like crazy out there. It's been raining on the north coast here, I think, about six hours straight. Yeah. We don't know when it's going to end, but we're going to check the weather forecast and find out here in a moment, but... um, Thank you for being back here. This is so much fun. Oh, thank you for having me. Love it. We have, for anybody who doesn't know, you didn't see our publicity on Facebook today, we have a very special interview coming up next after this break. Brian Forster, who played Chris, the second Chris, on the Partridge family. Okay, yep. Chris Partridge. And we're kind of celebrating the 50th anniversary tonight on the show. And you, well, we'll talk about all this later, but you did this big web stream Friday night and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. He was like the only one that didn't get on because uh, of the yeah, he was trying and trying tech and, issues and yeah. Zoom and all that stuff. Yeah. So we're, we're going to make good for sure tonight. We're going to get Brian on here for a good lengthy uh, bit of time. And there's much more to Brian than just being Chris on the Parch family. We want to say that right away. We're going to find sure out. There sure is, yes. We're going to find out about that. And we got a lot of great music. We're going to do some Partridge tunes for you Partridge fans. Oh, yeah. And That's got to happen, right? Jeff Pike's going to check in later, our buddy Jeff. Oh, cool. Who's also a uh, Partridge fanatic yeah atlanta right isn't he down in atlanta, atlanta? ga he yeah. grew up with yeah. the uh music just like i did he's my he's my age so we're right at the oh yeah oh no cool that's so cool <laughs> he did a concert uh an online concert on the 25th we're gonna talk about that as well yeah, yeah. he did that on the 50th anniversary Annie <laughs> ray miller the author of when we're singing is in the house the authoritative book on the partridge family if you haven't seen this thing check it out it's big it's bad it's got pictures it's got facts <laughs> An entire chapter on the uh, making of the bus, it's all in there. 
We have a very special guest on the telephone uh, from California Way. He played Chris on the Partridge Family. Brian Forrester is with us. Brian. Good morning. Hey, hey Brian. Good morning, man. How are you? Good evening. Oh, we're doing all right, considering we've got uh, fires all around us and ash falling out of the sky. Cleveland sounds pretty good right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, man, that's frightening. Sorry to hear that. Did that just... Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's terrifying. I feel for you, man. Did that just start to... Oh, I'm to... curious. The island time thing. I love it. I, first of all, Jimmy Buffett's one of my favorites. Really? But, uh, how many islands are there in Cleveland besides the studio? <laughs> we we ha- actually have a uh, couple of islands in Lake Erie, uh, Brian, and, and uh, one is called Puddin' Bay, another one's Kelly's Island, and they are very much like being in Key West. It's very similar. Ooh, that sounds good to me. Yeah, in the summertime <laughs> anyway. You can't really hang out in January, but... <laughs> well, not without ice skates anyway. That's right. <laughs> well, Brian, this is a, a treat to have you on the show, and... Uh, you know, I've known your name for 50 years, you know. I, w- I was a huge fan. Johnny, of course, huge fan. And where do, where do we begin? Tell us, uh, first of all, are you just sick of being Chris Partridge at this point or what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just it's one of those things. But, you know, I uh, was an actor from an early age, and every actor dreams about steady work, especially a series. Right. So uh, even at 11 years old, I knew I was in on something special. Really, and you were a fan. Oh yeah, you were a fan even before you got casted, cast for the show, right? Well, yeah, because I was the second Chris, as I'm sure you know. So yes. uh, the show had already been on for a year, and I was being your normal sixth grader or whatever grade I was, and uh, loved the Partridge Family, and I think I love you, and so it was just amazing that I actually got cast to be on the show. You had to be, I mean, even when you heard about it, you had to be excited, like, oh, my God, there's, an, there's going to be an opening on this show that I'm already a fan of. So that had to be something. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was great. And it wasn't one of those cattle call sort of auditions where, you know, a thousand kids who, uh, you know, I was used to that from, from uh, commercials. In fact, Chris Knight and I used to run into each other all the time. And he got on Brady Bunch, and I got on Partridge Family, and, uh, um Anyway, it was uh, I. They only interviewed me, and they they saw what a film I'd done for the Auto Club called The Talking Car, which is ironic considering my later <laughs> life. Right. And um, here, there I was. We're going to talk about your later life also uh, tonight, Brian. But um, you, now, were you the only Partridge Family cast member to ever be on a Brady Bunch episode? Is that a good trivia? <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's a great trivia. Well, let's, let's ask Johnny. I bet he knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, if I get this wrong, I'm going to be in big trouble. But I think the answer is yes. Really? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's funny. I thought I there saw... There might have been some guest star, somebody that was on both shows. But, uh, yeah. you know, some some extra, somebody in the background. Yeah. But a Parsons family person to be on the... Uh... Uh, on the Brady Bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, Brian. That might be... Oh, I don't know, man. That, that might be uh, traitorish, you know? <laughs> little too brady well, You know, if we're going to bring that up, I also had the, the triple crown because I was also on Family Affair once. Oh, oh, wow. One of my old favorites. I love that show. Yeah, yeah me too. I didn't know that. You got me on that one. Pretty... Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know, you have quite a family. Uh, you're, you're the great, let me see if I got this right, great, 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 great grandson of Charles Dickens. Is that right? Uh. Three greats. Three greats. Great, 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 
grandson, yes. Your great-great-great just took you back to about 1,500, Dennis. <laughs> Charles, Charles Dickens. That's pretty impressive, though. Not many people can say that. So. Yeah, no, it's uh, something I knew from an early age. My parents were pretty proud of it. And, uh, um, you know, it's funny because I grew up in L.A. on Chrysanthemum Lane. So I went to school knowing how to spell chrysanthemum. Wow. <laughs> so you can imagine that, oh, oh, you're a Dickens relative. Well, let's see what you can write. Is that oh, right? I can imagine. I can imagine, yeah. And also your grandfather was... Uh... He was a. He had a lot of great uh, acting roles, but the thing everybody remembers Alfred. was he was Alfred on Batman. That's right. That's Alan right. Aker, my grandfather. Wow. Six foot four. I used to ride on his shoulders. Wow. And uh, through his house and have to duck every time we through a doorway. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, oh, that's cool. And your parents were both actors, right? Yep. And even Charles Dickens, he did a lot of theater as well. So it's definitely in my blood. In the blood. Yeah. Now, I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, but the drumming thing, I was very impressed with your on-camera. When I watch these uh, shows, even today, I'm like, it really looks like you're playing. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Well, you know, it, I'm a good actor. so you know. <laughs> oh, he, sh- he cuts himself short. You worked hard. I know that. You had a, a well, lot of... Great. Uh, didn't you have a great trainer behind you? Yeah, I was going to say. So I had a. I had a, so Hal Blaine was the actual drummer who was in the Wrecking Crew. Yes. And then I, uh, my guy was Chuck Flores, who was a friend of his. And the studio bought me a set of drums before the show ever started, and Chuck gave me some lessons on the basics. And then we would go over each song uh, every week and uh, uh, learn what I could. And then he'd be in the background on a tall ladder, air drumming, and I was uh, trying to follow along. And, you know, in the beginning, uh, it wasn't so good, but toward the end, it got better. I was was listening to another interview you did uh, earlier today, Brian, and uh, I know that you're very aware of the Wrecking Crew and and what talented musicians they were. There's this great movie out about them. Did you ever get a chance to meet, like, Hal or any of the other guys? No, I didn't, and I'm... I'm really bummed about that. I, uh, one of my classmates in uh, high school, his older brother was a professional filmmaker, and he is the one that made the movie, The Wrecking Crew. Oh, wow. Uh, actually, not his brother, his father. Okay. Anyway, yeah. and um, he invited me out for a showing, and it was so impressive. The, yeah. the, not just the musicians, but the movie as well. And, uh, man, I wish, I'd, I wish I'd been able to meet those guys. Yeah, I know. I wish I could have met him in person. I interviewed him for the book. You know, how Blaine did talk about you, uh, Brian. He told me um, how what a good job you did uh, at such a young age and how hard you worked. He noticed. Uh, he watched the show and he noticed. Wow. I know. There you go. There's something I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. And I know you made that up, but that's a great <laughs> story. <laughs> no, he really did say that. He really did. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so there was there was a period there. Uh, we're going to talk about what you did after the show, but there was a period where you didn't do a whole lot uh, with Partridge Family there. You know, the show was over, and I know there was the occasional reunion and so forth, but uh, in, the, like, the last 15 years or so, you started doing these nostalgia shows, right, and, and signing autographs, and it just seems like the more time goes on with these classic shows, it, it's more treasured or whatever by the mm-hmm. fans, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, when I first did it, I was, I was kind of stunned, really, to have people, you know, it was solid wall-to-wall people for four hours, really? you know, waiting in line to get my autograph, and oh. I thought, my God, wow. this has been 20 years or something, but, and then hearing their stories and how yeah. much, you know, we influence them, and then they bring their kids along, and their kids are watching the show, and yeah. it, it definitely made me appreciate exactly, you know, what a big influence it had. Wow. So, Brian, I'm going to tell you my story. Uh, I was in fifth grade, and we were at elementary school, and the teacher said, we're going to have a rap session. We were just going to talk it out, you know, a bunch of group. And the question... Oh, from, not, rap mus- not rap music. This okay, was... This was <laughs> well, it was funny, because I was trying to remember what they used to call it, and it was rap, and it, yes, it was many years before anybody knew about rap music. Anyway, the question that day was, if you could be anybody, they're talking to us little fifth graders, who would you be? They went around the room, and my answer was Brian Forster. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> wow. Now, well, good thing he didn't say Danny Bonaduce. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get you for that. And the funny thing is, is, is I try to think now, why did I say that? I think I, I just didn't think I was worth, you know, I, I didn't want to be Ke- David, you know, and Danny. <laughs> oh, I, I just, I was comfortable with being the drummer. It, but part of the family, you know what I'm saying? It, yeah. it was, and, I, and I admired, I admired that role. So that was my answer. I'll never forget wow, that. Uh, very nice. That's, uh, <laughs> flattered. Of course, they said. I think they might have said, "Who is this exactly?" But <laughs> oh. you know, I had to explain. Probably. the Partridge family. You know, I got to admit, when I, uh, uh, you know, when I've met women who are, you know, they're not girls anymore, and they, you know, I, I don't know how many times I've heard. Oh, I had such a crush on David Cassidy. I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. Well, once in a while, somebody said, I had such a crush on you. Is that right? And, uh, that, that made my day. <laughs> I bet. I That's bet. cool. Yeah, that'd be hard to take that all the time. You know, we got a crush on David 10,000 times, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's one of the popular questions. And, of course, with the guys, they always want to know, ooh, what was Susan Day like? You know, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. What was we Susan Day like? <laughs> See, hormones were going crazy. So, it, briefly, uh, give us a quick reflection on on you know being being with that cast: Susan Day, Shirley Jones, Danny, you know, David, of course. Well, you know, they were wonderful people, and you know, I, you no doubt heard about uh, you know Johnny put together this great show the other day, and of yeah. course. You know, I, I live out in the country where our internet connection is two tin cans and a string. <laughs> and when the string the string breaks, you're done. And that's what happened. But um, Shirley Jones, you know, I've always admired her for her professionalism and her work ethic. So, you know, I would start with her. But, you know, David also proved to be, you know, quite the professional. And, you know, and it's not just the, guy, the people in the cast. You're also working with the same crew every day and... And, you know, it was a really good experience. So um, when I first entered it, it was, it wasn't intimidating, but it was just, you know, a little bit of, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm actually here. But right away, everybody kind of took me in, and I was the new guy, so it was really nice that they did do that. And uh, it went great. Brian, I know you were... uh good friends with Suzanne Crow through the years and I was we were I'll tell you what everybody was rooting for you uh every time you tried to get on oh man everybody was just rooting for you just there he is come on Brian you could get on and uh I kept holding back hoping you would get on um because I wanted you to share with everybody um your memories of Suzanne Crow and tribute to her 
Tracy, yes. Yeah. On the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, invariably. So, you know, we were the minor characters. In fact, I've often joked that there weren't two characters. It was one. It was Paul Cruz and Tracy. <laughs> I um, love that story. Because Cruz and Tracy were always together, and you never saw them separately, it seemed yes, like. That's true. Um, so, obviously, we spent a lot of time together, and then when we started doing the shows together, um, here we are as adults, and she's got, you know, girls and her husband and everything else, and it was really nice to to uh, become friends with her as adults. And then when she died, I mean, I just, oh, God, yeah. I can't even tell you the shock. Yeah, of, I know. You know, how how was this possible? Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, it was, it was not a good day. Yeah, I know. Just, uh, yeah, your tribute to her uh, um, that you did for me for the book was just uh, so touching. And, um, you know, I know you guys did the conventions a lot. In fact, that's where I first met you, you with her. Like you said, Chris and Tracy. <laughs> you were the first two uh, from the Partridge family that I met at the conventions. And, um, yeah, it was a sad day when we lost her. What was one of the uh, common... Yeah. One of the common lines in the early show, who, who, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was always a good joke. But, uh, no, my line was always, you know, here comes Keith. Here comes Keith. <laughs> uh, He's here. <laughs> that's, yeah, there you go. You, you know. Um, but, yeah, it was funny because there'd be a script guy and, and, you know, obviously I'd looked over the script ahead of time, but, you know, the day of the shoot I'd come up to the script guy and go, is this the scene where I say, here comes Keith? <laughs> yeah, okay, here we go. Here comes Keith. All right, time to go home, go to the trailer, collect my paycheck. <laughs> now, there was a couple of shows where they featured you a little bit more, like the hamster one I'm thinking of. Yeah. The hamster episode. The runaways when they ran away from When home. you ran away, yeah. that's right. But I watch it the today. Runaways and... Yes, go ahead. The, oh, the... and then the one where uh, Danny and I were stealing Keith's hair and his other things. Yes. That yes. is such a funny one. <laughs> but I watch it today, and I and I think to myself, they really sh- they really could have had you guys on more. I really, I really truly believe Yeah, it. I always thought that, too. Yeah. But that's just the way it was, you know. Well, you know, I think the Brady Bunch, I think they made a purposeful effort to make it more even. But with Partridge, I mean, once, you know, Danny, I mean, Danny is a very talented guy, I don't yeah. Don't get me wrong. Of course, yeah. And, you know, once they realized how much Danny could do and how much he could add to the plot, that's kind of the route they went. So I can't blame them on that one. Yeah. And then you had David, you know, uh, he just struck out so uh, huge. And um, uh, and then you had the talents of Dave Madden and then Shirley Jones and Susan Day. And so I'm sure uh, it, it's easy to see how uh, you guys uh, got left behind a little in the scripts. <laughs> One other thing I want. Well, it's funny because the uh, producer, as I know you know Johnny, because I think you quoted it, but referred to me, me, well, Cruz and Tracy as the talking props. <laughs> oh, wow! And that wasn't me. I think I cut that. <laughs> One of the things I want. Oh, okay. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Brian. I've heard that you uh, have have drummers have come up to you over the years and told you that wow, this is what really I saw you drum and that's what inspired me to become a a drummer in a band right yeah it's uh it's it's hard to hear that without laughing and go (laughs) really but um isn't it they'll say you know you you influenced me and you're the reason I started drumming and 
So my first question is, well, can you really play the drums? Because <laughs> you're already ahead of me, if that's the case. The power of television during yeah. that era was very strong. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people were influenced by television and the actors and characters on it, probably more than today. All right. Well, you know, we didn't we didn't have 27,000 channels to listen yeah. to. So, uh, right. you know, you, you know that, that was what you did. Yeah, yeah. The power of TV and the audience that you could capture in that era is just, it just you can't do it now. It's just, right. It's not happening. Three networks, three channels. That was your choice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Hey, Brian, this is so cool. We're going to uh, play a couple Partridge tunes right now. In fact, I heard your favorite song is Summer Days, and that's one of my faves. I tattled on you, Brian. Oh, good. <laughs> so we're going to send that out to you. Summer, at, Summer Days. That's a good one. And we're going to bring on uh, Jeff Pike, who is a trap rock artist, but he's also a huge uh, Partridge fan, and, and he wanted to say hello. And our co-host, Linda Robb, is going to ask you a little bit about some of your non-Partridge stuff, like your race car driving career, and uh, I hear you're into the wine industry a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Okay. All, all right, Brian. So hang on the phone. We're going to uh, do some Partridge right now. This is Summer Days.
different town to sing my song. Play and sing, pack my things and move along. A pretty face, another face I never get to know. One night stand, another show. My guitar, the railroad car, bus or plane. A chocolate bar, and there you are. If I could do what I want to, I'd stand them before. One night stand is all I know. I wish that I could be two people instead of being on my own. Featuring the celebration of the 50th anniversary of the Partridge family. It went on the air September 25th, 1970. It just seems like yesterday, Johnny. Can you believe that? 50 years. 50 years. And we've been celebrating it all weekend, and we're capping it off tonight uh, right here on the show with a few special segments on the show. And right now we have on the telephone Brian Forrester, who played Chris. Brian. The second uh, Chris on the Partridge family. And we're bringing on a couple other folks here. we got Jeff Pike from Atlanta GA uh, A1A. Jeff, are you there? Great, Jeff. Hey, I'm here, guys. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Johnny. This How's it going good. down there, man? Huh? It's going great. Weather's good, and uh, we're trying to just get back into the, the land of the living down here. Oh, Lin- wow, that's great. Linda Robb, are you there? I am here. Hi, Johnny, Brian, and Jeff. How's it going? All right. Hi, Linda. Hey, Linda. All right. Oh, boy, we're all here one big party. It's Island time. <laughs> it's almost the Partridge family. <laughs> we'll get Brian on here, and we'll have five. It's a bus. Right, <laughs> right. All right, Jeff. Jeff Pike, say hello to Brian Forrester. Mr. Forrester, are you there? I am. Hello. I love Atlanta. Hey, Brian. How's Atlanta? Wow, this is a 
Atlanta, it was a beautiful day today. It was a gorgeous day in Atlanta. We've Actually, it's not pronounced Atlanta. It's pronounced Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. Have you ever <laughs> spent Atlanta, much time yeah. in Atlanta? You ever spent much time in Atlanta? Uh, I raced down there, actually. I did the uh, out in Brazelton, Road Atlanta. I know Road Atlanta well. I might have seen your race. I don't know. Well. I used to. I've been there many oh, times. Oh, that was a long time ago. I know I after have the bus, time. but not long after the bus. After the bus. <laughs> <laughs> after the bus. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a real treat to have a chance to talk to you. I have to tell you, I'll give you, I could, I got to know Dennis real well through our mutual love of the Partridge family. I'm one year, one year younger than you, and I was uh, uh, in the fifth or sixth grade when I first, fifth grade, when I first fell in love with the Partridge family. And uh, I, can, I want to tell you that I saw David Cassidy on November the 13th, 1971, in Atlanta, Georgia, and it changed my life forever. And I have been blessed to be able to have a, a great career in music my whole life. And uh, the music of the Partridge family and David Cassie and your program is what gave me my life. And it's yep. been my inspiration to be a musician. And all my life, See, there you go. There's another, another example so, of somebody that influenced by the show. Right. Oh, tremendously influenced by the show. And I've always... That's awesome. I made no bones about it. And that's just, I, so thank you. Thank you for being a part of that. And uh, just thank you for all you gave the world of what you did. Well, you're absolutely welcome. I, it's why I did it, you know, just to influence you. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, well great. That's what I wanted to hear. But wait, that bus. You know, forget all those other people. It was just you. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but did that bus influence you to become a race car driver? That's what I want to know. Uh, no, not the bus. You know who it was? It was Dave Madden. <laughs> oh, no kidding! Is that, right? Is that right? So Dave Madden had a Datsun 240Z, which I thought was really cool, and one day he said, hop in, I'm going to take you for a drive. So we drove around the uh, Columbia Ranch, and I was too short to even reach the pedals. So he had me steer and shift the shifter, and he did the throttle and the brake. And the first time we came into a corner and he didn't get off the gas, I'm like, oh, boy, I guess I better turn. <laughs> <So>. Wow. <laughs> Early car, uh, race car lessons, right? Sounds there. like Dave Madden, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, doesn't it, though? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. Anyway. Okay, yeah, I like, I'm curious, Brian. Um, when you were growing up, and did you really, I know you loved the music of the Parker family when you were on the show. Do you remember what kind of music you also liked to listen to as a kid in those in, in the seventies that you were growing up? So okay, so my stepdad, Whit Bissell, was a voting member of the Academy of Arts and Sciences. So every year they would send out for the best picture, best album, whatever. They would send the album um, for the Academy of members to listen to. So they got Woodstock, and they had no interest in Woodstock. And I said, well, uh, I'll listen to it. So my first album was Woodstock. So that might give you an oh, idea of where my direction went after that. Oh. Wow. <laughs> That's fantastic. So I really, I really loved the Jimi Hendrix part, and I loved uh, Santana, and, you know, well, you know, everybody on that album was amazing. Oh, gosh, of course. One of the things I read about you today, Brian, that your musical interests were kind of like David's interest. He he would talk extensively about, you know, being into Deep Purple and uh, Led Zeppelin and on and on. You know, it was very unpartridge music. 
<laughs> well, you know, when I read about what he liked and everything else, I can totally understand what he was going through because, right. yeah, that that was definitely my interest too. Yeah, but the what the, kind of music do you listen to these days? Uh, I'm big into blues. Um, there's a band that I absolutely love. Well, it used to be Little Charlie and the Nightcats, but now it's Rick Estrin and the Nightcats. But they do jump blues, and um, so I still love classic rock. I still love my Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin and Van Halen and Aerosmith, and so. Uh, but and you, and, you know, I even dovetail into Vivaldi and Wagner. So uh, you know, I love a little bit of everything okay. except rap. Well-rounded. Good mix. Do you ever listen to the old Partridge Family records? Once in the blue moon, rarely. Drag I, ha- I have to admit it. I rarely do. It's, uh, you know, it's, you know, the thing is, you got to remember. I mean, I kind of grew up with that stuff, and uh, I guess I sort of share a similarity with David. It's like, no, not again, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fascinating. Fascinating. Even though I've heard, you know, uh, going to California by, you know. Uh, by uh, Zeppelin, you know, a million times. I don't seem to get bored of that, but there you go. <laughs> no, it's, it's kind of hard to. You're okay with the repeats on that one. one completely. All right. yeah, yeah. One more question. But, you know, you it's funny remember... because listening to the music during the break just then, Yeah. I mean, it, it is really well done music, and David's voice, I mean, it's just, he, he's mm. so good. Oh, I can't say enough about David's yeah. voice. That's oh. I, I'm always trying to drive that home. He just is... He was just one of a kind, and even though they marketed him in a certain way, uh, it doesn't fit. He was uh, way better than the image in which they marketed him, and I think as time has passed, it all shows itself to be true. That voice is one of a kind, and I don't think he maybe even he knew it then, but it was definitely one of a kind. I felt the same way about Karen Carpenter, you know, real unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeff, I think you had one more question. Yeah, I was kind of curious. I know it was a long time ago when you were young. What is your most memorable memory from the show that people might not expect you to, to be a memory of? What's one your your fondest memory of one memory from the show of all your years when you were doing the show? Um, God, there are so many. I mean, I got to work with so many great people on that show, but probably one of my most fond memories is that when Margaret Hamilton, who was the Wicked Witch of the West, wow. came and mm-hmm. played uh, Reuben's mother, <laughs> um, she was so sweet, and my mom said, hey, could you sign an autograph for Brian? Well, not only did she do that, I mean, she gave me four photos, and they were original stills from Wizard of Oz, wow. and they were all captioned, and they, you know, there's like the one with the flying monkeys, and oh, wow. she's pointing out, the wind, pointing out the window, and it says, go get Brian and bring him back to me, <laughs> and she signed a WWW. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> So that is a cool I mean, that, to have. That's definitely up there. We wanted we wanted to touch base on your not your after Partridge life, and Linda had a couple questions. Go ahead, Linda Rod. Hey Brian, so it's true oh, I'm not hello, necessarily Linda. a hi. I'm not necessarily a Partridge uh, family fanatic, though I did watch it mostly reruns with my older brother. But um, yeah, we're, we're I'm trying to get her into this. But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're trying to get me into it. But so reading up on your career, it looks like you've done a variety of things from acting to substitute science teacher. Uh, I see you worked at a winery and then, of course, the race car driving. So first the wine, of course. Um, I see you dabbled in the, uh, the production of it. So is it a hard process? And 
Um, now that I, you don't continue to do the or make or produce the wine at the winery, but uh, do you make wine as a hobby at home, even though you live in the wine country? Or uh, okay, so a little bit of a long story, but I'll make it short. But um, I got into the wine business sort of after my racing business failed, and I was looking for something else to do. And a friend of mine got me in a tasting room, and my acting skills came out, and I was having a having a great time. And then. So I have a degree in zoology, and I thought, you know, it's fascinating how wine is made. And so I got into it, and winemaking is a combination of art and science. So I'm, I'm an artist, you know, and an actor and all that, and I'm a scientist. And it's such a cool venue to be able to work both. But just like it is in acting, trying to make a living at it is, can be a totally different story. So it's fun to just do it on the side. And I haven't made any wine in a while, but, uh, you know, I'll make it again. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good combo for you, though, with the wine and the science. I mean, sorry, the art and the science. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I had a ball when I was working in the tasting room because my acting skills were coming out. And I sold a lot of wine not because, well, the wine was good. I'm not saying the wine wasn't good, but I would just, I wasn't one of these wine snobs who got into all the technical stuff. I just... I'd have fun with the people, and the next thing I know, they're buying a bunch of wine. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that that helped. Very cool. So I love watching different aspects of racing, let alone fast cars. So it intrigued me a lot when I read that you raced. I'm like, wow, he's not just about Partridge family. He was a race car driver. How cool is that? <laughs> so how did you get into racing? What kind of racing do you do, and how many race cars do you own? Oh, wow, that's a lot of questions there. Um, <laughs> we'll be here till so, 2021. So I first started racing in the Hollywood Hills. Don't tell anybody. but um, <laughs> um, And I quickly <laughs> learned that if I wanted to survive to the age of 30, I better find a different way to do this. Um, <laughs> so I, I got into what's called solo events where you're racing against the clock. And then a friend of mine said, hey, you ought to try this road racing stuff and got into that, and I was hooked. Um, so I'm basically into road racing, so what, you know, European kind of stuff. I don't do stock cars or drag racing. Um, I like turning right and left and go up and down hills. <laughs> and um, I just I've raced everything from Spitfires to Sprint cars and uh, currently have a Formula Ford 1977, and there's a big field now of historic, and now I'm historic as well, cars, <laughs> and um, that's what I race. Very cool. So fascinating. And you're, you're uh, I, I think I heard you say you're considering going to Britain because there's some opportunities in car racing out there that uh, you, you haven't done yet, right? Yeah, so my whole family's English as, you know, Charles Dickens. I mean, come on. There we go. Um, <laughs> right. And um, during COVID, one of the things I thought was, you know, I really need to look into getting my British passport. So I got it. So I'm now a dual citizen. Okay. And the kind of racing I do is like the mecca of formula car racing is England. So it just makes sense that, you know, I should try it. So you're considering making this move then soon? Sometime? Yeah, we yeah. are. We're, um, I'll tell you what, with all these fires breaking out in California, we're, yeah. we're thinking maybe we can leave tomorrow. But, yeah. Wow, um, I bet. Terrifying what's going on out there. Yeah, it's getting a little crazy, but um, 
You're close to you them know, too, aren't you? My wife loves England as well, so um, we're looking at you know going and you know in stages, go for a while, see if we like it. We're not just planning to pick up everything and move. We got to you know do it in stages. One of one of the things I was reading about you also that today, even today, even though your character was a little bit of a minor character, you still get people uh, calling you out of the blue. Um, you know, you you still get that recognition fifty years later. Yeah, it's crazy. Like just tonight, I got a call from this guy in Cleveland, Ohio. He plays to have a radio show. <laughs> Dennis, stop giving away our secrets. Stalker. Stalker. <laughs> Dennis, don't tell. <laughs> These strange phone calls. Yeah, you know, you you put on a really good front here. I mean, they usually don't take this much effort. You got to do what you got to do to get no, them on the air. I, I, it it's fascinates my wife because she was never really into this whole scene. And we'll be out somewhere, and I'm used to the people going... Hey, did you go out with my sister, or did you go to such such high school? Well, every once in a while, somebody just points, looks at me, points at me, and goes, "You were the guy in the Partridge Family." <laughs> I love just, that. It's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that is amazing. That's really cool. What an impact! It just says one more time what a what an impact you had and that show had. And the music was fantastic. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. All you know, right. It could be all the fake, the faceless and drugs that I've had to keep me young. <laughs> You're telling your secrets again. Actually, I love. Oh, I get, oh sorry. Uh, you know, uh, Brian, Dave Madden always says about you that you look the same now as you did when you were ten. <laughs> he always yeah, says he likes, the guy never the ages. I also like to say I'm so short. How do I reach the pedals to be able to drive the car? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Brian Forrester, this has been a treat. We want to just thank you very much for taking some time and being with us here tonight on Island Time. And uh, let's do it again down the road. All right. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a, been a lot of fun. And, you know, it, it's got to be nice to be, every, well, fans, you know, like us. Just a great memory. You're, you're a great memory of our, our, uh, oh, our yeah. past, you know. Yeah. And uh, be able to talk to you has been a treat. So thank you so much. Thanks for coming, Brian. Uh, well, thanks. thanks like Brian. I said, thanks for having me, and uh, you guys have a good one. All right, Brian. Thanks Take so care. much. Brian Bye -bye. Forster. Thank you. Bye. And Jeff Pike, thanks so much. Linda Robb? She's going to be checking. All right, guys. She's going to be checking in a Come little on, bit. Come on, let's get happy. Come on, <laughs> yeah. get happy. Jeff Pike, you're going to check back in about a half hour. We'll talk to you in a little bit as well. Come on, let's get troppy. Let's get troppy in the meantime. <laughs> right on. All right, thanks, guys. Awesome. Let's do uh, Rock Me Baby, David yeah, Cassidy. Yeah, David Cassidy. David Cassidy. On Island Time. You may call me a rolling stone, I'm a freeborn man and a standalone. I come a looking for a little satisfaction. I don't drive no Cadillac, all I got's hanging off the back. But I do believe in a physical attraction I can't warm your coldest night I'm big everything all right Ooh, rock me baby Let me feel that beat I said, ooh, rock me baby Right down through my feet I said, ooh, rock me baby Hold me oh so tight I said, ooh, rock me baby Rock me through the night Come on and rock me, rock me, 
left home ever since I went home. I come a looking for a little recreation. Guess I'll never settle down. It's always been just one more town. Wild up from coast to coast across the nation. I can't promise I'll be true, but I'll just see what I can do. Come on, ooh, rock me, baby. Let me feel that beat. I said, ooh, rock me, baby. Right down through my feet. I said, ooh, rock me, baby. Hold me oh so tight. I said, ooh, rock me, baby. Rock me through the night. You better hold me while you can. Or you're gonna lose your midnight man. Now come on and rock me. Rock me. Rock me, come on and shock me, all right now, roll me, come on and squeeze me, ooh, you're shaking, please me, Mm-mm. all right now, get down, ooh, rock me, baby, let me feel that beat, I said, ooh, rock me, baby, right down through my feet, I said, ooh, Baby, hold me oh so tight. I said, Ooh, rock me, baby, rock me through the night. You better hold me while you can, or you're gonna lose your midnight man. Now come on and rock me, rock me. Rock Me Baby, David Cassidy, that's from his second solo album, which came out in 1972, am I right? 72, that's right. There we go. Rock Me Baby, when we did the show the other night, Danny Bonaducci had a copy of that album, and he held it up, and we talked about David Cassidy, and you know, what a great solo artist he was, even outside of the Partridge family. Johnny, we'll talk, we're going to do a, a couple, well, a segment an hour on this tonight throughout the show, and we're going to talk a little bit about your web stream that you did Friday night. It was very impressive. You had Shirley Jones on there. Yeah, awesome. Uh, John Baylor, the guy who produced the records. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, he produced some of them, and he was a vocalist, and who else? Uh, Danny Bonaducci hey, was Bonaducci, on. Henry Diltz, we had Jeremy Gelbwax. Uh, the first Chris. Join us, the first Chris, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ann Moses was there from Tiger Beat. Uh, she was the editor of Tiger Beat magazine yes. during that era. Uh, Bruce Kimmel was there. Uh, he was the most frequent guest star. For Partridge Family fanatics like you and I. <laughs> yeah, I know. He was on the show like five times, yeah. and every time he was like a different guy. Yeah. Although I think Actually, he was Lori's what? girlfriend like two Tw- or three times. He was the same guy twice. Uh, and then all the other ones, I think he was a different character. <laughs> so funny. They thought, ah, nobody will remember this or notice this, or here we are 50 years later talking <laughs> Isn't about that crazy? I know. But we'll, ch- we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit more, because that was pretty cool. And if anybody didn't see that, you can uh, find it on YouTube. Yes. Because I, I watched the replay yesterday. So, oh, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I took my daddy down to Texas A couple of years before he passed And I knew he'd never make the drive alone 
Thanked me as the fields of corn rolled past And as we rode along on down the highway We sang every poor boy song he ever knew He said, son, when you finally get me down in Texas There's just one thing I really need to do Down along the road on Highway 7 Between Nacogdoches and the county line Is a magnolia tree no finer grown in heaven The memory of it always treats me kind That is where I want to spend my time After a few days, we finally arrived We couldn't find the tree at first And I hoped it was still alive So we drove back and forth between two lonely towns I saw his disappointment grow And that tree could not be found So I went to the county clerk and I asked him Next to the Sabine River on a hill Is the place my daddy grew up and still considers home If you can help me take him there I will It's down along the road on Highway 7 Between Nacogdoches and the county line There's a magnolia tree no finer grown in heaven The memory of it always treats him kind That is where he wants to spend his time Well anyway, we finally made it There it stood Tall as the sky And underneath that tree My daddy and me Got to know each other before he died It was down along the road on Highway 7 Between Nacogdoches and the county line Magnolia tree no finer grown in heaven That is where he wants to spend his time It was down along the road on Highway 7 Between Nacogdoches and the county line There's a magnolia tree no finer grown in heaven That is where he wants to spend his time Now that he's gone I'll take his ashes home To the magnolia tree down on Highway 7 Very cool song from Bob Gatewood Putting Bay's Bob Gatewood Magnolia Tree That is from his most recent album called Be Good to Yourself, and we're going to air, we've been doing this every week on the show, but we're going to air part three of a five-part interview I did with Bob. I thought it was going to be like 20 minutes. It turned out to be like an hour, almost an hour and a half. 
and it's uh, it's not. I don't want to go an hour and a half on one particular show, so that's where we're splitting it up. But we have our co-host, our remote co-host from Hudson, Wisconsin, uh, Linda Robs on the phone. Linda, how you doing? Hey, not too bad. I'm back. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> you were at that Tulsa event, man. What a great weekend of trap rock. That was an awesome weekend. That resort was uh, was so nice, and and the pool. I mean, everything was great, and the music, and yeah, it couldn't have been better. That's for sure. Yeah, we we were joking later that we could just live there because it had everything you needed. It had food, it had gambling, oh. it had music, it had a swimming pool outside. The weather was perfect. The weather was perfect, and the best part was. I was christened while I was in Tulsa because now I have my own little shaker, my own island time radio. That's right. I, I, we want to hear the shaker on the show here. Yeah. There we go. I don't, I don't want to abuse my powers, but it is pretty exciting <laughs> to shake it. <laughs> and uh, we've been joking that we've made Bob Gatewood one of your favorite artists, and uh, we're going to do part three of the interview right now. And uh, what, what are your thoughts so far from this interview? Well, I'm super excited to hear part three and learn even more about his songwriting techniques. Um, I found it interesting in part two where he's explaining that despite being a funny guy, that his uh, songs are not always funny. But then he has a new song uh, that, uh, well, he's working on recording, I guess, My Old Friend Laughter, which yeah. he sang. Right. And, and it, he explains how it's about how we could all use laughter to help us through the hard times which during COVID and everything else, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, I hear you. I can't wait for him to record that one. I, he said he's working on a, a, a new release, which is always a, a treat. Well, we joke about it, actually, during the interview. Linda, you're going to check back in uh, when we have Jeff Pike on here in a few minutes, so we'll talk to you then. Okay, sounds good. Here is part three of our interview with Put Bay's Bob Gatewood. I thought of something when we were comparing the, the touristy songs to what you do. Yeah. The touristy, touristy songs are what you listen to when you're on the way to the bay or maybe you go right. out of the Keys. But maybe yours would be after you get home. On the home. way home. No. <laughs> when you're hung and over not, and hurting in bed. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. Uh, when you're back home and you just want to play some really you know, really good music yeah. and maybe you're not thinking about going out. Well, thank you. Make sure to check that stuff out. Look it up. I'm, I'm on, um, you can go to bobgatewood.com for one of the worst uh, antiquated, uh, it was a great website back in 92. Um, but, uh, you know, that, those flash flames might have to go. I'm not sure. Um and uh, or you can you know if you guys uh, I sure appreciate uh, any sort of patronage, uh, um, you know you can find me on iTunes or you know Rhapsody or all sure. that stuff uh, Spotify, um, you know if you just do a search for it I'll come up with that little box and write American artist. Um, so this song you just uh, previewed for us, this, you are working on another record? Yes, 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 okay. yes. I'm, I got eight songs in the can so far. Um, Excellent. What sparked this record to go is, um, in t you know, I make a record about every 10 years, whether I need to or not. Um, in 2004, um, the village council uh, voted unanimously, as a matter of fact, to make uh, my song Friends of the Bay, you know that song? Friends of the Bay, yeah, yeah. of course we know oh, that okay, song. Okay, okay, okay. We play it all the time. Okay, okay. Oh, well, I know that because I listen to the show and yeah, I, yeah. Uh, you know, I thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, well, anyway, they voted to make that the official song of the island. Right, I heard. And so, but I, you know, I called up Pat Daly because I, you know, 
can. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't, don't bother, bother him too much. Those other guys probably hang out with him. But I, you know, he, he again is, is, you know, he probably looks at my stuff and he's a respectful fella, but he's, you know, he's a different kind of, he comes from a different school as well. Right. Anyway, I call him up and I go, Pat, they're going to do this um, thing. Uh, the council is going to make this proclamation. And I told him that, I mean, my songs are not, you know, a, a, are not a, a, hair, a mosquito on the back of the shadow of Pat Daly. You know, and, and so I, I'll bow out of this if you want me to, you know, or whatever. It's just not yeah. right. It just yeah. didn't feel right. Because, I mean, Pat Daly's the king of putting Bay and will always be, you know. Yeah. And um, and brought so much up. It had a lot to do with the regentrification of this island. That why so many hotels are being built up here. And I mean, in my theory, sure. like when this when when in 1978 or whenever he started playing up here, I mean, none of this stuff was here. I mean, I guess the state park was here, but um, you yeah. know, we we just gone through a lot. And I think he has a lot of the credit to do inventing the term North Coast. I was, I, I don't think it was around before he. I was just going to mention that I have heard that he was the first one. Yeah, that's what I heard too. That. I don't think any. I mean, that's 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 Madison. Street, Madison Avenue kind of marketing there, you yeah. know? Um, so anyway, I called him and I said, you know, do you, do you mind this? Because this is blasphemy on the, <laughs> uh, on the benchmark that we go by. And he said, he was so, um, I don't know, magnanimous. I don't know what the word is, but he was just like, you know, and this is your time. So roll with it. Okay. And I was like, okay, great. So when, when that happened, I was like, well, if they're going to make Friends of the Bay, um, the official song, then... Um, how do you do there? Um, <laughs> they found the horn on the golf cart. Amazing. Yes, um, it works. Yeah, it works. Yeah, for a while until they burn that little contact off. Um, anyway, uh, so, you know, when, he, when, when that happened, I thought the only recording of Friends of the Bay was made back in 19... I don't even know when. 92 or something? 93 something? I default to 1992. That's my old time. And so... The recording was great. It was done by a guy named Sam Mira and uh, out uh, out in Cleveland. Um, on the Calabash album. Yeah, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. Calabash album, right, right. And uh, and it, but compared to today's techniques and certainly the recordings that I've been doing lately, it just didn't stand up to the same thing. So I right. called up Book and I said, Book, you know, Book is not one to um, repeat a riff. I mean, he's like Clapton, you know? As a matter of fact, if some of your um, viewers are out there, you might want to check out a thing called Tom Bukovac Homeschooling. He's a he's a world-class um, uh, session guy, as we said before, and every day he's just kind of giving guitar lessons out, and it was pointed out, and he's done 30 or 40 of them. They all have like 20, 30,000 views because people all over the world wow. like to see, well, you know, how is music really made. Anyway, um, uh, so... Um, that's one of the things somebody pointed out was that he hadn't in 30 or 40 videos had never repeated a riff I don't know how you do that if you listen to me play more than five six minutes you'll be hearing the same stuff over and over <laughs> again you know okay. um, but so um, at any rate I lost myself again where are we going uh what were we talking? About? I don't know. We're having a good time, though. <laughs> so I was going to ask you the uh, the finally home album. You, you mentioned a song. Yeah, yeah. You had a story about it. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, well, the, the the titles track was uh, finally home was written on on the way home from Sloppy Joe's. Um, uh, I just got lost coming home. Uh, she'll take a she'll take a ride. Is is about some fun out in the park. Great song. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, gotta go. Good one. Gotta go. Thanks. That's another yeah. song about you know the tourist. And they, they even have that worse in Key West, man. That the musicians down there is like you know n 
like I heard from so many guys, no girls come to stay. You know, I mean, you should have seen the the A game I had to get on to get Andrea to move up here to the island. She was, you know, she's a gorgeous woman with a big kid job in Toledo. I moved to Toledo. I got a ghetto apartment, and it was A game all the way. I was cutting my hair and shaving, and you know, and then I got her back over here, and things got back to normal. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> but uh, I think the song you might be referring to is uh, a song called "Do It All Over Again." Yes. Um, there's a guy who played on that record. Um, here's another name for you guys to look up if you want to one of the best pop masters of all time i mean up there with like cheap trick but didn't uh his, his name is will owsley like like stanley owsley bear owsley the guy who had the acid back in the 60s okay. this guy was will owsley and um uh he recorded on this album and one of the songs that he had um on his grammy nominated record um kind of stuck with me and and the riff was going through my head and so I started playing it um, uh, endlessly one morning, and um, it was a repeating uh, figure that went from A to E to G to D, um, which, uh, you know, you could turn into a Who song if you wanted to, or, or I mean, it could go a million different ways. But um, so I started writing a song about, um, you know, a guy, hypothetically, who meets a girl and they go running out of a bar and running into the Pop D. Rivera Park or okay. some other park, maybe, yeah. I don't know, yeah. um, and that, you know, fell uh, to the ground in passion. And, uh, and uh, so I was trying to keep real true to that vision. And um, what came out of the mouth in the middle of the second verse was, um, you know, uh, this line... Um, that was uh, <laughs> right there in the grass with weeds in my ass. <laughs> right. <laughs> or poison ivy. I'm not exactly, I can't remember. But uh, so we went to go recording that song and, and, we do, and we got the we got the rhythm tracks down and we got all the stuff down and, and it's time to do the lead vocals. And, um, and uh, I'm kind of like watching the guys in the in the studio, and they're really concentrating. You know, they they some of them got headphones on, and they're looking down. They're just they're listening for the magic, you know. Okay. And um, and I and I and I get through the first verse, you know, in the park. We started with confessions in the dark, you know. We almost got arrested in the car, and so that kind of thing. And we get through it, and they're they're all like digging this. This is cool, yeah. man. This is this is great. And we get around to the second verse, and and I um, and I said. Um, and I come up to that line. I can't remember how the second verse is now that I'm talking, but it came to the line that right there in the grass with the weeds in my ass, and everybody's head behind the glass looked up like this. Like, <laughs> what? What's he doing? What's that all? What's he, why, why, why did he do that? What's... Where did that come from? Right, so we stopped the tape, and uh, and and Tommy, he said, come on in here and listen. He goes, you know, Bobby, that really sounded good. And he's a hilarious guy in the studio. Because um, studios can there can be tension in there, man. I mean, this is this is you know people can get emotional, and this is the this is the people's soul. And uh, so Tommy's really good at lightening the situation up. Um, like one time, I remember I I forgot to sing, and they stopped the table rewind. He goes, yeah, that, that was a little bit light, Bob. You know, and they like just always got a million things to crack you up and loosen right. things up. Sure. So he comes in the studio and he goes, so uh, it really sounded like you said right there in the grass with the weeds in my ass yeah and i'm like yeah that's 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 how it went you know that's how yeah. that's how it's like because well you know bobby you know that's 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 uh that's not that's that's not good 
Um, and and uh, he said, "What? how about right there in the grass as the hours went past, as I walked to mass, anything, Bob. But not, not, you know, weeds. That would have changed the song quite a bit. Almost quite definitely. Um, he said, do you feel strong about that? And I, and I started thinking here, and I gotta, this is where I got to blame all my peers. Because I was thinking, I was thinking all my buddies, you know, Mad Dog and Daily and Fog, and especially Fog, that poopy mouth little... <laughs> And and okay. I was thinking and I was thinking you know these guys are all selling a bunch of records you know I need some dirty stuff on my records <laughs> and and I said you know I think we this I, and I swear to you this is I'm not just blaming it on them for yeah. the hell of it yeah. um, I told Tommy you know these guys are all they're all my peers that are successful up there are writing songs that are you know a, about this more tawdry subject matter and I think that that would be fine well. He said, Bobby, whatever you want, it's your record, man, and we're gonna do it. But I could tell he was disappointed. And if I had, if I could roll the time clock back to that yeah. day, DK, I, absolutely, I would have had, um, you know, let's go fishing for bass, anything but that. Okay. Because I'll tell you what happened. Um, it was about uh, six. I didn't have anybody working that record, but I, uh, I was calling up some radio stations and seeing if I could get some play. Well, um, this station downtown Cleveland um, that will remain unnamed okay. but let's just say it's a it's it is it has been for decades and is still currently a powerhouse okay. of fm uh, fortitude sure they had the record had come to them and they had heard this song called blades on the water which okay. was a song of ice skate finds god not a party song you know but great song though well thank you it is really but, so they had heard that and and they said look um we we heard this record and we we we'd love to get behind it um, this is great. Um, and I said, well, just so you know it, because I was already regretting my move with the weeds in the ass. I said, <laughs> um, I said, well, I got this, uh, I got, there's this other song on the record that's called, um, she always takes a ride with me. And it's, well, that's, that sounds sweet. Good and, one. Yeah. and, um, I said, well, the first line is one of those entendre kind of things that goes, I knew that she'd come running back because I always make her come in my car and all we do is drive around. You know, that sounds innocent enough. But I said, well, the timing of of that uh, is a little bit funny where it kind of sounds, you know, like it could be an adult subject. I said... I kind of picked up on that when I did. Yes. Did you? Well, they they said, that's not a problem. That's no problem. I said, well, okay, the other thing um, that's on the album is this one line that, um, you know, is called, um, you know, from a song called Do It All Over Again. And it's got a line in there that says, right there in the grass uh, with the weeds in my ass. And they said you put that on the record yeah and i said yeah it's on the record they said well do you have any other printings of the record where that's not on the record no it's the only thing i got I said, well essentially polite it was nice talking to you good call us when you don't have wow. that kind of crap on the record is that right yeah and so thanks ray and mad dog <laughs> and daily and all you guys out there you know singing that dirty stuff it doesn't it that didn't help me so honestly that's a true story those guys get mad at me as i'm just that's that's the true story. So they, that, so that was it. So that was the end of radio play for that album. So oh, then the man. next record, there were times that I that we were sitting around the studio that, we, you know, guys just busting chops and stuff coming up. There were some dirty lines that we sang. Yeah. But I'm like, no, that's not going on the record. Where yeah. this is going to be G-rated and it's going to be cool. Now you listen to records, man. Every other word is this and that, you know. Oh, yeah. But hey, it wasn't that way when I was making records, man. Right. So. Anyway, so well, that's maybe, the story of that do it all over again. Well, maybe your audience doesn't need to have constant uh, 
obscenities. I'm just Maybe saying. not. Well, I tell you, I have. <laughs> I, I'm I, just saying. I've made some fans mad through the years because there have been times that um, I've been asked to sing my material in uh, uh, family situations, sure, sure. churches, and all kinds of stuff for weddings or funerals and whatnot. And um, so when that song does come around, when when uh, somebody wants to hear it, and there's there's you know polite company or there's kids in the audience, I changed it around to right there in the grass as the hours went past. So oh, okay. so you guys out there in Radioland, why don't you start requ- requesting that? Because I'm embarrassed and sick of singing that line with the weeds in the ass. It was <laughs> funny at the time, and it ain't funny no more. That's funny. So funny story. Yeah, thank you. You are funny, Bob. You said you're not funny. <laughs> you everybody funny. Everybody now you funny, funny too. Funny too. <laughs> <laughs> little George Thurgood. Yeah, that's right. Greetings from Putin Bay. This is Bob Gatewood from the Calabash Band. I'm here with DK on the Island Time Radio Show, WBWC. All right, that was part three of the Bob Gatewood interview. Here, part four next week on the show. Thank you, Bob, for spending so much time with us. I tell you what, we have Johnny Ray Miller in the studio. We're doing a little uh, tributes to the Partridge family, 50th anniversary. We're celebrating. And Parrothead style with margaritas and beers. and <laughs> Hey, hey. We're having a good time. <laughs> we're going to do a song from Jeff Pike's band, A1A. This is Me and My Sailboat. Jeff will join us along with Linda Robb here in just a couple of minutes. And Jeff is a huge Partridge fan, as you know. Yeah. And it's he's kind of the perfect guest to tie everything together yes, tonight. Trap yes. Rock, Partridge family, everything. So we're going to talk to Jeff Pike here shortly. I'm a lonely boy on a sailboat. Speaking of sailboats, we got a song for you right now called Me and My Sailboat. It's a song about life. So we want you to sing along. When the chorus comes along, you'll know it. I want it loud, I want it good, and I want it bad booty. We'll make our way to a peaceful 
Farrell from A1A, and don't look now, but you're listening to Dennis King on, on WBWC 88.3, The Sting, Island Time. Jeff Pike, a classic promo liner with Coney Farrell right there. How about that? We're going to have Jeff Pike on the telephone here in just a couple of minutes. we got Johnny Ray Miller in the house, the authoritative author on the Partridge Family. He's got this fantastic book. 500 pages, right? Something yeah, like 400. 400, close <laughs> enough. Close enough. Everything you'd ever want to know about the Parch Family. Now, I was talking to Linda Rob about the Parch Family because she's not the fanatic that we are. Right. And she was like, well, does he tell about some juicy stories? Like, you know, like, <laughs> no. like the Brady Bunch thing where Greg went out with <laughs> yeah. the mom and all that stuff. I said, no, 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 it's not that kind of book. If you want to read that kind of stuff, David's book is good for that. <laughs> Danny's book... He has a great book. I've yeah, re- I've yeah read those. he does. Random Acts of Badness. Random right? Acts of Badness. <laughs> and David's book, I guess the first book is, is even more unedited than the second one that came for David. Yeah. Which yeah. is called Come On, Get Happy, I think, right? Yeah. Fear and Loathing, yeah. But if, you're, if you want those kind of stories. But this is yeah. more facts 
it's a it's a, a yeah. lot of facts about the music. Yeah, it was heavy about the music. That was the focus of it. And, and I told the story of the show and the cast and their relationship as a TV family on and off the screen. Uh, they bonded and they were very close. And they had you know, the chemistry was there for that very reason because they got along so well. And um, yeah, so that was kind of the focus of it. And then I I really dug heavily into the music and talked to all the songwriters and people hadn't really realized up to the point uh, of that book that so many really great songwriters wrote for the Partridge family. You just played Paul Anka, One Night Stand. That was Paul Anka. Yes. Yeah, Summer Days, the Tony Romeo song. I mean, he was a songwriting genius. Yes, he was. Yeah. I always thought Tony's songs were some of the best Partridge family songs. Yeah, me too. John Baylor talks a lot in my book about that, how... He never met Tony in person, but he said he would get. They would get the songs, and they would play the songs, and they they immediately knew the Tony Romeo songs before even knowing uh, that Tony Romeo wow. had written them because wow. they were so out of the box. Wow. Yeah. Hey, this is DK and Linda Robb, and you're listening to the longest running trop rock radio show on the air, the Island Time Radio Show. Fins up, everybody. All right, we're going to bring on Jeff Pike and Linda Robb. Now, Jeff, for anybody who doesn't know, once in a while he is Benny from ABBA in the ABBA Mania production. And you do a hell of a job as Benny, Jeff. That's all i got to say. Thank you. I wasn't expecting dancing quite. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you, Dennis. Thank all right. You, Welcome back to the Danny, show. Danny, I should say. Good to see you, Danny. Good to see you, Ruben. And I think I was thinking about Linda Robb, and I should call her tonight. And I think... <laughs> Knowing Linda as well yeah, as I do, I think, I think Linda's official Partridge family name is Gloria. <laughs> I love you are Gloria Hickey. Gloria Hickey. <laughs> Gloria Hickey. That's great, man. I love it. That's great. We'll have to... Good to be here. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, great to talk to you again, Jeff. I haven't talked to you in a while. It's been quite a while, man. I've been following you on online, man. You're my hero. Oh, you're mine. How did you... How'd your thing go? Congratulations on all your success. Oh, man. All you've been doing. Man, yeah. just, you've been just killing it for a long time. Very oh, impressive. Oh, man. Thank you and so much. You really much. just nailed this anniversary to the oh. wall. So, man. Oh, thank you. you. Congratulations. Thank well you. Done. For anybody who missed it, check it out on YouTube. Look up Partridge Family 50th Anniversary web stream, and you'll see the whole thing. Johnny hosted it. He had Shirley Jones on, Danny, everybody. It's really cool. It's like an hour or so, right, John? About an hour and a half. Hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So check that out on YouTube. I want to quit my job going to the road with you and just be your boy Friday. <laughs> Let's go, man. <laughs> we'll go uh, play Partridge Family tunes for the rest of our life, drive around in a bus. Yes, you know, yes. I'm good with that. And Jeff had I don't a, have a problem with that at all. You had a great uh, web stream Friday afternoon. My whole day was watching Partridge stuff Friday. I was watching Jeff Pike. Did I a, couldn't believe how much stuff there was. Yeah, man, would, there was a lot going yeah, on. No, wouldn't it kill us? There was so much going on everywhere. Yeah. It was just really so cool. I put a post out for everything I could gather, and I just I couldn't believe uh, sitting there putting it all together. I'm like, wow, there is just a lot of stuff all over the world going on, which is just a testament to the great music, the uh, impressionable show, the actors, their chemistry, their talent—I mean, what a, what a show, and Precisely. what, a, you know, what an impact. I love exactly. it. Exactly. I think yeah, it wasn't that great. It wasn't that perfect. Perfect. We wouldn't be talking about it 50 years later. There you go. Yeah. And if the music wasn't that great, I'm telling you, the music, as you know, John. I know. Yeah. The music and David, really. Honestly, yeah. 
Yeah, it, yeah, I can't say enough. I mean, man, David's voice is one of the best. I said on the show the other night, and I've I've always said this, and I believe it. He should be remembered right up there with the likes of Billy Joel and Elton John and Rod Stewart and all these guys that oh, are. Oh my gosh, completely. You know, from no his question. era, uh, that's how he should yeah. be remembered. Yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, and I well think said. that's what he was striving for, and I think he was. He was disappointed because, you know, the image held him down a little bit. You know? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think he did better than he thought he did. You well, know? Yeah, that's I think true he too. had broken the image a bit more than maybe he really thought he did. So you're a little bit of a fan, right, Jeff? <laughs> a little bit of a fan? <laughs> a, a wee, a wee bit. Just a tad, yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed your song selection. I'm close to being an obsessed talker. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I enjoyed your song selection on your uh, Friday afternoon web stream. That was Thank you. Very cool. I didn't get a chance to finish it because Facebook interrupted me, but I appreciate that. I had some more songs I yeah. didn't get a chance to actually play and some more stories to tell, too, but maybe I'll do it again sometime in the future. Oh, great. seemed like you got a great response. A lot of people were enjoying that. So, so tell us. It your, was. It was a lot of fun. I think you've kind of told us a few times, but tell us a little bit about your Partridge uh, story here, Jeff. Oh, Lord. In t- in, a long time ago. In a hundred words or less. Galaxy, far, far away. <laughs> <laughs> I was there in that galaxy. A hundred words or less? That's like asking Johnny Ray to write a small book about the party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that's good. <laughs> and by the way, your BK said you had 500 pages, and you said you, said you had 400 pages. <laughs> yeah, I somewhere around that book, there. and it's still like I. But there is so much material in that book. Yeah, you have 500 pages of information on 400 pages. So there you go. <laughs> I know the font's even small. I know it's crazy, isn't it? Oh, but it's so amazing. Oh, thanks, what Jeff. A, oh, and the still this blows my mind. And the book has really changed Johnny's life. Really, I mean, yeah. I was uh, when the book was brand new. You were here. Yeah, and I've seen what's happened since then. You it's know. been insane. I just can't believe how it just keeps um, moving right along. The bus keeps rolling, as I say, you know. Bus I hitched a ride rolling. on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, did you ever. That's great. <laughs> so, Jeff, tell us, the, tell us, tell us yeah. the story uh how you almost opened for David Cassidy, because that's a great story. Oh, you want to hear that one? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, as you know, David Cassidy and the Partridge family are the reason I became a musician. When I, I first saw David in Atlanta in 1971, and I had one of those religious experiences, I kid you not, an epiphany of some type, some yeah. sort, while I was there, and I just knew that that's what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And there was just no question about it. I answered my question to him, and I said, that's my career, that's my life. I don't know where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do. I want to be David Cassidy, but <laughs> I can't be, but he's the guy. Yeah. He's the one that started it and put that put that fire in my heart, which never went away, and I often wonder if it hadn't been for him, if I would have stuck with it. But, um, so he was a, like a lifetime influence on me. I never had a chance to meet him and thank him. That's, that's what I always wanted to do. But So that was in 1971, so fast forward about 20 years to 1991. Right. Uh, A1A, at the t- which at the time consisted of me and Scott, we played this really nice club in Atlanta called Rupert's. It used to be called the Limelight in the 70s, and it was one of the nation's largest discos. Really? It was almost kind of like Studio 54. Beautiful, huge club. But in the 90s, it became Rupert's, and they had bands there. 
and it was also a nightclub, and uh, we would play for the Parasite Club, and if, um, like Scott and I would, like afternoon parties, and sometimes we'd have concerts at night, so we played there all the time. We did uh, specials for the local radio shows, and so we, we, were, we were regular there at Rupert's. And then we just me and Scott and my tracks and my guitars. It was a lot of fun. So, so I'm going through the Creative Open one day, which is a music magazine in Atlanta. And uh, keep in mind, though, David Cassidy is no longer, you know, on the radar anywhere. Hadn't been for a long time. It's always down here in my world anyway. But they used him my heart, but he was nowhere to be found that I, that I knew of at the time. So I'm going to the paper one day, and I say, at Rupert's September, I think it was September the 10th, uh, David Cassidy. Yeah. I just freaking flipped my lid. I, <laughs> I dropped the paper. I probably fell off my chair. My, my throat got, my throat got, I couldn't talk. My heart started beating. And the first thing I did was I said, holy shit, for the show. I, I just ran right to the phone, and I just called Gino, who was a really cool, big rock guy. He was an Italian dude. and did a lot of the bookings there. Yeah. And they had a lot of great bands. I saw the Bee Gees there. And it was a really cool place. And um, I said, you know, I said, it's supposed to sound kind of weird coming from me. Good job. Just hear me out. So I gave him my David Cassidy story. And he was cool. And he listened to it. He goes, okay. Yeah. So what was it? I said, man, I have to open for David Cassidy. I mean, I, I, I have to. This isn't a want or desire. This just has to happen. I will yeah. pay you money. I don't want to get paid. <laughs> I will do anything. Short of murder my mother to be up, up, up enough to David Cassidy. <laughs> <laughs> if I was, and if I can meet with David and sing with him, I might consider that. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so he goes, let me get back to you. You know, I, if, he, if he doesn't have anybody who's he's going to be with him, I can probably work it out for you. I said, okay. So I didn't sleep for like two days. Wow. And he called me back and he goes, you're on. And I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, okay, just, you're on. So I just immediately just couldn't sleep for two days and started working on songs. What was I going to do? Because I didn't really have an original act together at the time, though I had a lot of songs that I was working on. So and I didn't want to do the Buffett thing for David. I wanted to do something different, you know, because yeah. I, I didn't want to do his songs or anything like that. But I wanted to do my own music, which I had some songs in that vein, but they just weren't quite finished. And I was doing sequencing and programming in those days. Lives. I didn't quite know what to do, and so I started working on a set. And uh, I had things going pretty well, but not finished. And then Gino calls back, and he goes, hey, man, I got some bad news. I said, what? The club burned down? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he goes, no. He goes, David's going to bring his own guy to open for the show, and I'm uh, sorry, but I just can't. And, so I, and who was that guy, oh, though? And my heart, my heart just broke. My heart just totally broke. I said, I understand. Goes, but you got free tickets, man. He goes, bring as many people as you want to get you in. You got front row and everything's great. I said, good. So so, so I quit working on the material, put it all away. And I'm just depressed. <laughs> and to get back to my life. So I guess the month goes by, and it's the day of the show, okay? Wow. And we're getting ready to leave. It's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And we're getting ready to walk and go in the phone rings. And it's Gino. He said, hey, Jeff. He goes, hey, man, um, you still want to open up for David Cassidy? <laughs> wow. No, wow. What? I went, what? He goes, yeah, man. He goes, look, Danny Bonaducci was going to be the guy, but he's not going to make it. And oh. we don't have anybody. I said, you're kidding me. Wow. I said, he goes, he goes I know it's last minute. I said, yeah, kind of. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah. China. Wow. The gig, the gig, I mean, the gig of my life, the gig of my life. I cannot. Right in, my, oh. in my lap, and I, and I had to turn it down. Oh, my God, I feel. That, I didn't I, have anything. I couldn't get anything together, and I was fast. not going to get up there and talk. Right. So I said, I hate to do this, but I'm going to have to say no. Oh, just, my God. My, oh. My stomach just sunk for you. <laughs> just like, dang. Oh, so, so we get to the club, and we have these great seats, and there's no opening act, so all during the opening act, nothing's happening. And we're like, I'm supposed to be up there. Oh. <laughs> and, and to make it worse, David Cassidy is using my dressing room. <laughs> I know what he's doing, where he's sitting, and I need to go back there and talk to him. <laughs> wow. He's in my dressing room, it. So anyway, the show couldn't have been any better. I mean, we had the best seats in the house, and there was not many people up front bugging us. So it was like we had the whole section right in front of the stage, right to ourselves. And I was just—he came out, and I was ten years old again. Wow! It was just absolutely insane. He played—he played Albuquerque, and I just. Yeah, I'm turning my turning my GoFundMe. I'm gonna cry now. <laughs> I remember when he played Albuquerque during I that I tour. I was, I'm probably gonna cry a lot, so don't be embarrassed. My mom went with me too, so she understood. So oh, the really? Show was great. Yeah, the show was fantastic. He looked amazing. He was in fantastic voice. Yeah, I remember that. It was just tremendously good and promoting his new album at the time, Baby Cassidy. And he, he ran around the stage, you know, like he used to do when the show was over. And I got to shake his hand. You know, and yeah. that's as far as I got. So wow. I had my CDs. It was my very first CD I ever made. I dedicated. I put a dedication in there to him because he was a big, huge influence. And I wanted to give it to him. Wow. So I didn't get a chance to. But I met his guitar player after the show, and he was just walking around the club because I was hanging. I knew Dave was long gone, but I said, hey, man, I love the show. And I said, I have these CDs and my this cassette at the time, too. Would you give these to David? I said, man, he influenced my life. He's a recent musician. And he just changed my world and yeah. then I, when I was 10. And so if you could give these to me, I'd just really appreciate it. He goes, man, I'd be happy to. But I'm sure he'd love to hear that. And I said, yeah, I'll do that for you. I think of course, he may have Mayhattan. But, but that was into that story. But um, it, was a, it was a great night. And that was the last time I ever saw David live, man. Never had a chance again. Oh, wow. I th I Unfortunately. Think yeah. I, think, I think all three of us saw that 91 tour. And Danny showed up mm -hmm. for our show, by the way. Yeah, he was. Uh, I, I I didn't just. It's all show, Danny's fault. For I didn't just Jeff. show up for that tour. I went about fifteen times. <laughs> really? Well, I, I would love to talk to Danny sometime yeah. and tell him that story. Is it? Yeah, right. <laughs> Where were you? It's all your you fault, Danny. You broke my heart. Yes, exactly. I, I happened to see him. I think two more times after. Did you? That. Yeah. I uh, I saw him actually in that tour. Uh, I only saw him a couple of times. I want to say it was about three. I know I saw him up here in Cleveland, and uh, Danny was here. So that. you were at the same show I was. You were, I, is I that the one you were at? Yeah, it was uh, on Ninth Street, right? Yeah. 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 Whatever that club was called. The Empire. I don't remember. The Empire. Nirvana played there also. But you also. stood. You didn't sit down. And I was right by the stage. David Cassidy and Nirvana. Those were the two famous shows that played at that club. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Saying. That would have been a weird bill, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would have. Hey, Jeff, if you can hang with us. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about your career, what you got going. Uh, but we want to play a couple songs. And I thought... Always. I thought this would be fun. We're going to do a, a David live version of I Think I Love You. Sweet. All right, Jeff Pike, Linda Robb's with us. It. We're going to talk a little bit more here. Don't you know I've been asleep
That is Jeff Pike and A1A right there. Going back a few years. Jeff just loves it when I play these really old tracks of his. That is a uh, cover of Jimmy Buffett's Coconut Telegraph. That was pretty good, man. That was great. It was a party, man. And I think that was recorded up in uh, Linda Robb's Neck of the Woods in Minnesota back in the day. I think in the late 90s, actually. Maybe early 2000s. Jeff can tell us in a minute. We're going to have Jeff back on and Linda in a few minutes. We also had uh, I Think I Love You, David Cassidy, live. I thought that would be something different. We've had was great. Haven't played before on the show. Yeah. Celebrating 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. 20 years of trap rock on WBWC Berea.
Johnny, when I hear that song, I am uh, back in my elementary school playground uh, scheming on fourth graders. <laughs> I love it. Isn't it funny how a song <laughs> takes you right back? You know where I'm at. I'm on top of the shed doing a Partridge Family concert for yeah. my parents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, what? They were the only two that attended, though. What does that tell you? I think we've talked about this. I did the same thing. I don't think I was trying you... to be the Partridge Family, but I would mimic sometimes Partridge Family song. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes Stevie Wonder songs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rolling Stones. And I had a group, and I had my stuffed animals, and those were the mem- <laughs> those were the members of the band. And I, of course, I was the David Cassidy singer. <laughs> of course, guy. <laughs> me too, me too. I have a picture of myself that my mom took wearing these uh, these <laughs> plaid bell bottom things on the roof, and I almost put that in the book for my picture. I was thirteen, and oh I, wow, I thought it'd be funny, you know. Yeah, but, what a bit. Yeah, maybe the next edition. Maybe the next edition. The next edition. Yeah. All right, we got Jeff Pike and Linda Robb on the phone, guys. Jeff, Linda. Hello. Hello. I am back. I'm Lin- here. Huh? All right. So uh, we're just talking partridge here, uh, Jeff. This could go on all night. Not a problem. <laughs> I know, isn't Going it? for days. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Echo Valley, did you love that one? That's one of my favorite ones. Oh, yeah. How can it not be? Just the first three notes, and I'm already melting. I'm go back to when I was in elementary school. Yeah. That song is so emotional, man. It's got so much in it. It does lyrics, have so much the melody, in it. Just, I just, I mean, the music evokes emotion, and the words about and David's performance, and the whole thing just. When I interviewed, so, when I interviewed, one of my all-time favorites. yeah, me too. When I interviewed Rupert Holmes for the book, he just glowed over David Cassidy's interpretation of that song. He just thought, I mean, he remembered every little nuance, every little thing. It was, um, it was fantastic. He also said. He, you know, he's a great writer. He went on to write. I've got Rupert Holmes' greatest hits CD. It's it's a oh, lot. Yeah. There's a lot of good songs on it. He wrote more songs than people think that he did. Yeah, he wrote, he wrote, he wrote a few. Yeah, but, but as far yeah. as Echo Valley goes, he was asked, "Well, why didn't you ever record that?" And he says, "You know what? I'm never going to come close to what they did with David and the and the Parch family." Yeah, of it. yeah. So what I mean, a tribute! Nobody, what what does yeah. that say? That's just fantastic. What it yeah. says about David? Yeah, it was. The whole record was fantastic. All right, Jeff. So we're going to talk about a little bit. Linda's going to ask you about 
your Gino Vanelli thing going on, right? Uh, I do. I am. But uh, I guess before we get started with that, I do have some good news, some pop rock news. Okay. Um, we have been uh, confirmed and set in stone to be at Music on the Bay this year again. Really? Yeah. Awesome. So we will be at Music on the Bay. Do you know the and, uh, day, like Saturday, or are you not sure? Uh, yeah, it's a I think it's the Saturday show. Yeah, it's the Saturday show from like four to six thirty. This is our our favorite trap rock event of the year. It's at Tampa Bay at Whiskey Joe's, and it's going to be in early March. And A One A's show. It's it's like going to Buffett, but it's a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> I want and now I want to give a plug to a band I believe is going to be there. And they're called uh, is it uh, Pirate Flag? Oh, the Kenny Chesney tribute. Yeah. Yeah. A few years ago, we did a show with them. They actually opened up for us at some amphitheater here in Atlanta somewhere, and I forget who put it on. But they were excellent. And I always said, I talked to the guy who was running the band at the time. I said, we should do this more often. I said, what we do and what you do together is absolutely just unstoppable because they were really good. So make sure you get a chance to check them out and, and see if you can get them on the radio because they're great. Oh, really? Great okay. They do it. Yeah, they're real good. And where they, they gave us a really good show. Where are they based? It's called Pirate Flag. I'm not sure where they're based out of. Pirate but, Flag. Um, okay. Florida. Yeah, I, I think they're south. Local there, Tampa and stuff, because they were playing a lot. So you think Florida? Okay. Yeah, Tampa. Hi, Linda. Welcome back. Hey, hi. Hello, <laughs> Gloria. Hey, hey Linda. Gloria Hickey. <laughs> Gloria Hickey. Gloria. It's like laughing. Jim Alder's coin, baby. <laughs> with their uh, Partridge family stories, <laughs> sitting back and enjoying them. You know, we Dennis, we're, uh, we're going to have to like wrangle uh, Gloria at Music on the Bay and lock her in a room one day. We're just going to have to like just shove all these Partridge family songs down the throat and she becomes a believer like us. Do a mini concert, <laughs> mini concert backstage. Yeah. yeah, you remember the movie Clockwork Orange? I never saw that. I never have either. I never I did. Remember that. Are you really? You guys ever saw Clockwork Orange? Wow, can you believe that? I know it's a classic. Yeah, it is. Wow. Well, in that case, you wouldn't get the reference. So, <laughs> if you guys ever watch it, oh. <laughs> you could do the reference and maybe the audience would get it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make a believer out of the world. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, go ahead, Linda. So, oh, first, I got to get my shaker out. Or Gloria. Because I am as excited to talk to Jeff Pike as I was to Brian. And I told DK that. That's like, right. Yeah. How's He's my like, dad? I'm like, do I get to talk to Jeff? You know, I know Brian, but do I get to talk to Jeff? <laughs> so, anyways, Jeff, I've seen you perform four times in the last year. Um, I've seen you, well, as A1A, I've seen you two times at Music on the Bay, so 2019, 2020. I've seen you uh-huh. one time at Surf Room in Clear Lake, Iowa. Yeah. And then I've seen fun. you Ava Mania in St. Petersburg when I was there. So, That's right. So, considering there's a covid i'm doing pretty good <laughs> yeah unfortunately i do have some bad news about the covid thing uh the abomania tour this year it looks like it's getting scrubbed oh, really? uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so uh yeah. they're looking at getting some filling dates next year a lot of the venues are, are, aren't willing to open up and some are but only halfway and some aren't sure and it's just really kind of mm. still, still a mess do you come up this so, way much, Jeff? I'd love to see you play. Uh, which way is where you live in <laughs> Ohio? Anywhere in Ohio, mm-hmm. be Ohio, Ohio. Yeah, well, I've been to uh, 
Abamania came to, uh, yeah. where did we come to play? Akron. Akron. Last couple Akron. years. We came to yeah. Akron. Right. Yeah. I forget where it was he played. But, yeah, I do, usually around once a year. But uh, the oh. next time I'm up there, my gosh, my golly, we're going to hook up. I'm with you, man. I can't wait. And I'm, and you know, I'm close to um, Pittsburgh, too. I live right on the border, so if you, you know, come that way, uh, let yeah. me know. Okay, you have to route me over to your house. I want to see your Partridge Family Shrine. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I got a whole room. I don't, I, think you, I don't think you've ever talked about it, but I know you have one. <laughs> I know, I know. You just can't even hide that, right? I mean, it's kind of a given. This guy wrote a book. It's 400 pages. He must have, you know. A couple things in the house. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, hey, Jeff, when you do that, your normal schedule. Right now. Yeah. Go ahead, hey, Lynn. When you're, when, like, before COVID, and when you were on a normal schedule, you were doing A1A and ABBA Media. So do you do solo shows, too? I've never seen you solo. So, Yeah, I've been doing solo shows for the vast majority of my career. I do more solo shows than anything, actually. Oh, uh, okay. most, of them here in, most of them here in Atlanta. That's how I got started. I started uh, mm-hmm. playing solo acoustic guitar um, sheesh, when I was, like, 10, doing David Cassidy songs. <laughs> I played my acoustic guitar at school, but I started playing professionally for a living in '84, and I wow. and I was an acoustic guitarist. Yeah. I've been playing acoustic guitar shows. In fact, uh, to promote a, a show, I'm doing a show in Gadsden, Alabama, this coming Saturday, for uh, the Cusa Parrothead Club there at a winery, and it's a benefit for the uh, Bee Animal Shelter. It's just like three hours of Jeff Pike. So yeah, I do a lot of solo shows, and I do all kinds oh, of music. Cool. I do all the trap rock. I do a lot of originals, and now, and I'll do some other songs as well, like I do on my my Facebook live shows. So yeah, you got to come see us. Uh, we do my own solo shows sometime. Yeah, I bring the electric guitar and do some lead guitar work, and I do some different kind of things to show the different sides of music that I like to play. Yeah. So the whole uh, Gino Vanelli thing. So you did some background vocals on one of his videos, and. It sounds like he's helping you produce and record a new CD that you got coming out, hopefully, in yeah, 2021. I'm, ex- I'm extraordinarily excited about that. It's, it's probably the most uh, adventurous, challenging uh, thing I've ever undertaken in my life, and a definite dream come true. The only thing that could top it would be if David Cassidy was still alive, but he told me he wanted to produce my record. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's how top it is, because I consider Gino Vanelli that's uh, Wow, I've gotten to know him. He's, he's probably, and I've I've had a chance to work with him now a lot over the past year. I've known him for eight years, but there's no question I've never met a more talented musician or person in my life than this guy. It's it's his brilliance is actually crazy. Uh, I I met him back in 2012 when he when he started giving uh, masterclass lessons. Oh wow. Uh, he started giving master class lessons back in 2012, and um, and you had to uh, submit a tape to be considered. And I was beside myself. I was going, I'm not that good. I can never get in. But Gino Vanelli is like David Cassidy to me, too. He's always had high esteem. His musicality and his voice is just yeah very uh, and much more. If people just know I just want to stop the living inside myself. There's like layers upon layers upon layers upon layers of musicality that that exists in all of their albums that uh, that they shine all that stuff. But um, but I met him then, and I, I I auditioned for the a class, and I got in, and we only took five students at a time. So uh, I took a vocal 
I started taking vocal master classes from him and production engineering and songwriting classes. Oh. And uh, the first thing I learned, uh, I didn't forget this, um, and it, I, I would meet people later on who were going to take the classes and then ask my opinion. I said, well, the first thing you're going to learn in about 20 seconds is you aren't even anywhere near as good as you think you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I learned a really quick, it's like, wow, I've, yeah, I've got a long way to, I've lost a lot. But so it developed from there, and I went back for, uh, I'd go back every year when I could because I just love what I learned because what I learned from him is absolutely brilliant. And I've been, I use a lot of it in the studio and do things other that I like to do musically, but also because of uh, just him, he's an inspiration. He's kind of a, kind of a mentor in a way. So I started getting really more gutsy with him. At first, I was really starstruck. I know it's so starstruck, it was like I just couldn't be able to speak around him. Yeah. So my performances weren't always that great. But as I got to know him better, and I developed more of a slight friendship with him, and I got it easier to do, my performances came along, and I felt more comfortable. And that's what led up to us actually doing the record together. So, Jeff, I... Th- I think I've heard that you've got some new music. I'm guessing it's not real island time-ish, but uh, tell us about your new music. It just came out, or you're working on some new things, right? Uh, Gino and I, yeah. It's, actually, it's going to be a great story when it's finished because um, it's all been taking place during COVID. Really? <laughs> wow. Okay. okay. Yeah, so uh, it's a, the story is a, a, a long time coming, but I'll tell you what it is right now. Uh, I, was, um, I wanted to make a, a new record. And I wanted to do, um, I wanted him to be involved with it, but he's really busy. This was like three years ago. And I said, I know you're busy. Would you have the time? Like on my next record, I would like for you to produce my vocal tracks. And that was going to be all original music, of course. And uh, he said, well, I don't usually do that unless I'm in control of the whole environment, which makes total sense. And um, I said, well, okay, I'd love to do something with you. Like even... Even something is like what we've done in class here, which is like all these nice, beautiful jazz arrangements, just stand-up bass, piano, and vocal, and slight percussion. And I said, I could just make it slow. I'd just love to do something, if, if you can, you know, because we have the money available. And he turned to me, he goes, I got a better idea. Let me throw this out at you. He goes, I've had a project for like years I've been trying to get to, and I don't have the time. He goes, but if I could produce you singing this, I would get as much creative satisfaction producing you as if I was doing it for myself. And uh, so once I got to myself off the floor, I went, okay, I'm listening. He said, I've got these songs that I, I had in my past catalog that are on all my records that I want to bring back up to date uh, as to where I am now as a musician and an artist and also as a lyricist and as a man and uh, as a human being. And that's something I've always wanted to do to rearrange these songs. And if you're interested in doing that, I'd be willing to talk to you about it. So, long story short, uh, we're doing that. And uh, the goal was uh, to record the whole album this past April and May. I was going to go to Portland. He had a a band. He was going to do a lot of the work himself, but he had some other guys whose cats were going to play on the album with us. And that was going to be it. We did it in two months, and then I would go home with the master and go from there. But, of course, we get out there, and right when I'm supposed to be going out, Oregon, COVID is just taking complete hold over the country. We almost yeah. didn't go. Yeah, and we almost didn't go at all. So in the end, we actually drove out there. Kathy and I did. We drove out there in my truck because uh, we're going to stay for like two or three months. 
and uh, two months initially, and uh, slept in gas stations hmm. just to stay away from people, and it was uncomfortable. But we got to Oregon, and we had this gorgeous, gorgeous home on the gorge uh, belongs to see very close friends of ours who we met through Jim, and that's where we stayed. And we had this absolutely impeccably beautiful scenery to look at on the gorge. Nobody around but us. And Gino says, well, listen, I can't see you because his wife had just had seriously major surgery, and she was close to death. Mm, she had caught wow. COVID, she would have died. She's fine now. Oh. But he goes, I just can't take any chances. So what happened was he would record the music in the studio by himself since he can't see anybody now. And I set up a little small vocal studio in the house, and so he would send me tracks, and then I would record vocals and send them back to him. And that's how he worked for two months. Mm. And, of course, wow. during these two months, he got more and more and more into the project because he was doing it all himself as opposed to getting the guys in. And he got more into it and really excited about it. And so what's has happened has been I know COVID is not a good thing but in a way it was very beneficial for what I'm doing with Gino because now I got like him doing everything and it's absolutely mind-blowing and just kind of like just a duo record right now me singing him doing everything else we have two or three girls singing vocals on a few songs a couple horn solos uh, some trumpet solos and things here and there but as a for the most part it's Gino doing all the music and when you hear the music you wouldn't believe it. And it's like, there's a whole symphony orchestra and all this in it. And it's him doing it. I've watched him do it. And it's just absolutely astonishing. All right, Jeff. So we, with, we can't wait to hear this. Said, yeah. 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 Jeff, Mike, and Gino Vanelli together. Oh, my God. I can't to, wait. To describe the music, I don't know. I, I would have to say it's like elegantly blush jazz pop with classical overtones. Really? Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. His, his vision is for me to like sing with the symphony orchestra. And also to sing with the small band, and also to sing with the piano. So I can have all these different kind of ways to do the show. And uh, but wow. we'll see how it goes. But now we're still working on the show. I'm, I'm still working on the album because of all this stuff with COVID. I'm going back out in November for a month to finish it up, and oh, wow. go back in January to mix it. So okay. my initial plan was to have it out next July, but I'm not sure if that's going to happen right now. All right, Jeff. Thank you so much for hanging with us a little bit tonight. JeffPike.com is the website. You can get all the updates, and we look forward to that project for sure. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Ruben. Thank you, Gloria. <laughs> Gloria, <laughs> Gloria, Keith. Yeah. This is too much fun. It was great talking to you, Hey, Johnny. It was good talking to you, man. And, hey, I want to thank you guys for bringing me on for Brian. That was, like, way cool. Oh, yes. man, yeah. Really he's the cool. coolest guy like, ever. Isn't he great? <laughs> Man, he's so down to earth. Yeah, he That's is. Great. It's funny. Uh, when you ask him if he ever listens to the album, he said, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And I wish I hadn't asked that question. But I was like, damn, nah. I should have known better than that. No, <laughs> man. He, I, I think he had a good time. He was, uh, He's so fantastic. He's great to talk to. I yeah. love the, the guy's insightful and so articulate. Yeah, it was fun. All right, Jeff, thank you so much, and big friends up to you. If I don't see you before, it uh, looks like no ABBA mania, so maybe uh, Tampa oh, Bay yeah. might be the next time. Yeah. It very well might be. I don't know. Work is kind of scarce these days. But we'll let you know, and I'll keep you posted. Okay. Yeah, that's great. John and Ray, take care of yourself, man. Hey, Congratulations you again. Thank you. Oh, man, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Glory. Love you, Linda. 
Gloria Hickey. Yeah. Gloria Hickey, okay. yeah. Linda Rav. I'll see you. I'll see you at Muldoon's Point tomorrow night. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh oh. You better pick me up though. My mom won't let me have the bus. With the top up or the top down? With the top. Uh, was, who, what, which top, the car or her? <laughs> Dennis is going to beep us any what, minute. What was the lady that Keith went to the drive-in with? She won the contest. Uh, oh. oh, man. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, Johnny knows. I don't know. Wait, what? what oh. Went to the drive-in. Oh, oh. oh, you mean the older lady? Yes. Uh, yes. yes. This, was, is new gas. this is new gas. This is new gas. <laughs> <laughs> I was he took her to Maldon's Point. I was gonna say, Jeff, if you go up to uh, oh god, that was a great show. If you go up to Maldon's Point, look out for Mrs. Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh too god, funny. too funny. All right, Jeff, thanks so much. We're gonna do uh, some more uh, Partridge Family and some more Trap Rock tonight. All right, you guys take care. Fins up, Jeff, and open bye, you guys. See you in Tampa, and bye. Linda. You thank will. you so much as always. Come on, get happy. Come on, get happy. This is one of my favorites, Johnny. I'm on my way. This is one of my favorites, too. On my way back home. This, I love it. Yeah. From Sound Magazine. Yes. Bobby Hart. What's waiting for me? That's where I've got to be. Just to look in your eyes, feel your lips touch mine. I'm on my way back home on the fly. I'm on my way back home again. I'm on my way back home on the fly. On my way.
Captain Quint right there from Baltimore, Maryland, going back to 2005. The album was called The Swinging Sailor of Perryman, and Kevin Johnston. John Patty was the young punk steel drummer in the, at that era. Good tunes. Of course, John, of course, is from Baltimore also, and now thriving in the trap rock world down in FLA. song right there we heard was High on Love. We had uh, the Partridge family with... I'm on my way back home. One of my favorites, Johnny, one of your favorites. My favorite, yeah, definitely one of my favorites, too. 
written by Bobby Hart, and um, he uh, they they wrote this song uh, as one of their first songs submitted to the Partridge Family, and consequently it was one of Bobby Hart's um, favorite songs that he submitted to the Partridge Family, and Bobby Hart's name is on more songs for the Partridge Family than an, any other songwriter. And of course, him and he uh, was Boyce and Hart had a big hit. Uh, yeah, I wonder what she's doing tonight. They wrote one song for the Partridge Family too, "Girl, You Make My Day," that was on the Shopping really? Bag album. Oh, yeah, and that's King- also the other Bobby Hart favorite. Those two songs performed at the uh, Kings Island episode. Yes, we should have mentioned the Kings Island episode oh, with, with Brian. I, yeah. I oh, yeah, that's that. true. Yeah. Home stretch time of the show. We got Johnny Ray Miller in the house. We might have time for uh, another Partridge song or two. We'll see here. We'll that see. never gets old. We're running we'll out of time. We're also going to rock out. We've been rocking out at the end. So yeah, we're, right. we're going to do that too. We're all over the place tonight. I love that. I love the title of this one. And listen to this name of this brand new artist to the show. How coincidental. Brand new artist to the show, John Allen Miller. Oh, wow. Brand new That's artist. That's pretty close. Isn't it? Yeah. I was like, holy crap. This is uh, Screw You Beach, <laughs> is the name of this song. That's great. Clever title on Island Time. Yeah, that's great. Three, four. I come and see you when I can. You feel like home and make me. A happy man You sit in a blink of an eye I could be by your side You're my paradise Screw you, beach Why you gotta be 437 miles from me I daydream About your cool ocean breeze And your summertime melodies be sipping and chilling, sun kissing, died, ripping, I've been sitting with my toes in your sand. But damn, I can't shit. So screw you, beach. People post pictures with you, I get mad. I'm jealous in this living room locked in land Love you but it just ain't fair Wish that I didn't care I just wanna be there Screw you beach Why I gotta be 437 miles from me I daydream about your cool ocean breeze and your summertime melodies. We could be sipping and chilling, sun kissing, tired, ripping. I've been sitting with my toes in your sand. But damn, I can't shit. So screw you, beach. Why I gotta be 
37 miles from me I daydream about your cool ocean breeze And your summertime melodies We could be sipping and chilling, so kissing, died Ripping, I'd be sitting with my toes in your sand But damn, I can't shit So screw you, bitch Screw you, bitch Screw you, bitch You're going out someone new I'm going out someone too I won't feel sorry for me I'm getting drunk, but I'd much rather be Somewhere with you, laughing loud on a carnival Driving around Saturday night to make fun of me Singing my song out of hotel room Just to turn you on, said pick me up at 3 a.m. You're fighting with your mom again And I go, I go, I go Somewhere with you Yeah I won't sit outside your house Wait for the lights to go out Call up banners to rescue me Climbing their bed when I'd much rather sleep Somewhere with you like we did on the beach last summer when the rain came down and we took cover down in your car out by the pier. Let me down, whispered in my ear, I hate my life. Hold on to me. Oh, if you ever decide to leave, then I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. I can go out every night of the week. Can't go home with anybody I meet. But it's just a temporary high. When I close my eyes, I'm somewhere with you. Somewhere with me. If you see me out on the town, and it looks like I'm burning it down, you won't ask, and I won't say, but in my heart, I'm always somewhere with Driving around Saturday night made fun of me Singing my song out of hotel room Just to turn you on Said pick me up at 3 a.m. You're fighting with your mom again And I go, I go, I go I can't go out every night of the week Can't go home with anybody I meet But it's just a temporary high Cause when I
Kenny Chesney somewhere with you on Island Time tonight. And uh, we had Captain Quinn a while ago with High on Love. We had Screw You Beach, brand new artist named Johnny. No, not, I'm going to call him Johnny Allen Miller. <laughs> it's John Allen Miller. How weird and coincidental is that? I tell that you what. weird. This has been a fun show, Johnny. I tell you what. This has been a blast. Normally, we'd be hitting the bar at uh, uh, at the end of the show. but For it's, the 2 a.m. drink. It's, it's yeah. not happening tonight because it's the laws are changed right yeah. now. It's temporary. But we're still thinking about it after the show. Social! Social! Here's Ziggy Zagga, Ziggy Zagga. Hoi, hoi, hoi. Ziggy Zagga, Ziggy Zagga. Hoi, hoi, hoi. Eins, zwei, drei, sofa. That's our buddy Mike Mad Dog Adams with the social. And we're going to try to squeeze this in because we still want to rock out at the end. We've been doing this rock out uh, tradition here the last few weeks. But this is Jim Morris with this week's Jim Morris song and a story behind it. The song slice of the island life well since we sailed down to the islands why don't we stay there uh, this is a song i wrote one day on saint simon's island hello to all my friends on saint simon's i was just sitting out on the beach just observing all the things happening around me and i wrote this song kind of wrote itself a little tune called slice of the island life and if you're at home right now with your rubber chicken you can just sort of toss it up in your living room that's right. It's become a, a favorite of mine on the tour when we sing this song to see the rubber chickens flying yeah, around. It's, uh, it's amazing how that happens. In a chain, it wasn't walking. She was too busy talking just to tell everybody the news. Making her rounds because she just got back in town from a seven-day Caribbean cruise. Well, she was jostled, mocked, and robbed by some Puerto Rican slob Entertained him for an hour or two Took a roll in the sand with the steel drum band Did a number on a few of the crew Then out Mikey on his bike, he wore his way through the crowd On the way to hear the washboard band Hit a fat guy from Toledo who barely fit into a speedo. He was laying sprawled out in the sand. And those Greenpeace boys of town making noise tried to avoid the tragedy. When they mistook him for a whale, grabbed that sucker by the tail, threw old Buddha belly in the sea. It's just a slice of the island. Oh, baby, a slice of the island life. Yeah, sometimes it gets bizarre. It's like living in a jar. It's like walking on the edge of a night. A slice of the island. Oh, baby, a slice of the island life. There's a rumor going around that fish that man's in town. Better lock up your daughter and your wife. Hardly fair. The policeman took the call. It sounded like a brawl. The old lady had gotten such a scare. There's a crowd of crazy people in there running through the streets, throwing a rubber chicken in the air. Well, the riot squad moved in, and they called for extra men when the crowd refused to leave the road. They say there's nothing you can do. This thing is bigger than you learn anymore. Your head just might explode It's just a slice of the island Oh baby, a slice of the island life 
Yeah, sometimes it gets bizarre It's like living in a jar It's like walking on the edge of a night A slice of the island Oh, baby, a slice of the island life There's a rumor going round That fish head man's in town It'll lock up your daughter and your wife It's just a slice of the island Oh, baby, a slice of the island life. Yeah, sometimes it gets bizarre. It's like living in a jar. It's like walking on the edge of a night. A slice of the island. Oh, baby, a slice of the island life. There's a rumor going round that fish headman's in town. Better lock up your daughter and your wife. There's a rumor going round that fish headman's in town. Like of your daughter and your wife. Come on down, off your cloud, watch us be facing the crowd. Remember that once upon a love affair Your heart was warm, your lips were tender And I didn't care, baby Shoot some pool down there. You can act a fool down there. You can play it cool down there. 
at the family breeze. You can drink some beer down there, argue, laugh, and cheer down there. Pass another year down there. Jimmy got caught smoking a joint out behind the bar. Sitting in his car and they took him to jail. The tip jar paid his bail. In 1984, Mick Jagger passed through town. Bought the house around and signed his name on the wall. In the ladies' bathroom stall. Yeah. At the Bama Breeze. I turned 21 down there. Had too much fun down there. Stumbled out with the sun down there. Drink alone down there Good God, I feel at home down there
Alrighty, folks, what a night it's been on Island Time tonight. <laughs> we are all over the place. We're rocking out now. That was uh, the Street Cats from the uh, Reunion live album that just came out. Brian Setzer got back with Lee Rocker and Slim Jim Phantom, and it's really a super album. It's called Street Cats Rock This Town from L.A. to London, and that was the uh, Rock This Town take from that album. We also had... Uh, brand new me in there from the Partridge family. First cut on the first album. Love that song. One of my favorites. Me too. We had uh, Bama Breeze from Stars on the Water, and a little Leonard Skinner riff in there. Jerry Gontang and the guys, and we also had what else? Slice of the Island Life, our weekly Jim Morris track, with the story behind it. All on tonight's Island Time Radio Show. I can't even cover everything we did. We talked to Brian. This was great. Brian uh, Forster for Chris yeah. from the Parches family. We had Jeff Pike on. Johnny Ray Miller in the house. <laughs> Linda Robb helping us out. What a night. What a night. So, what a blast. Thank you, Johnny. This has been hey, a Hey, thanks for having me. Always fun. Our after drink, even though we're not going to the bar, but we're going to have an after drink when we get home, is for the 50th anniversary. That's perfect. Of the greatest show and the greatest music of all time. I totally agree with that. Partridge Family. Yes, That's the right. Partridge Family. Love it. Fans up, everybody. We'll catch you on next week's show. And, Johnny, thank you again. Hey, thank you. We'll keep our tradition up uh, next June. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll do it back. again. Have you back. I love that. And uh, have a safe travel home, and uh, we'll catch you all next week, folks. Okay, great. <laughs>